called this segment that I was going to just sort of hit on every once in a while. I just, celebrities being weirdos, was that it? I don't know. Just why, why are celebrities? Maybe <laughs> we should call it that. They're just, they're just, so, they're just at it again. The, the basic split second after we closed out our last episode, I opened my phone and this headline was in the Twitter Explorer. And I, I feel like we can't, we couldn't let it go. It's, it's, it doesn't matter that it's been a few weeks. We can't let it go. And it said, Natalie Portman says Chris Hemsworth didn't eat meat before their Thor kiss because she's vegan. Quote, that was so thoughtful. I have some questions. <laughs> okay. Wouldn't, wouldn't, first of all, nobody needed to know this. That's yeah. the number one thing. Exactly. Nobody needed to know this. None of us. If if he wants to do that and he think he he thinks he's being considerate, I think that's fine. But why would we make this a talking a, a thing to talk about in com- in prepping for the movie? As always, because celebrities believe they are adorable. Okay. So my first question is wouldn't you brush your teeth and probably floss before you film a kissing scene? Right? So yeah, that was, wouldn't that was it my make first... it like irrelevant what you've eaten? Like, is he thinking that like some meat juices or oils or something are going to be clinging to the his mouth? But also, even if you didn't brush your teeth, which is gross... What would actually happen to violate her veganism? Is that the word veganism? Sure. <laughs> what what would actually happen? Like a piece of your Chick-fil-A sandwich gets dislodged from your molars and ends up in her like how what are they actually doing during this kissing scene? They're not doing some serious saliva swapping. You know right? the answer to all of these. What? Like, you know the answer to all of these <laughs> I questions. Know. What is you it? You do. It's performative. It's all performative. They're celebrities. This is performance based. How would she even know that if he didn't <laughs> tell her? Okay. Oh, oh, by the way, I didn't eat meat. <laughs> and then my my last and most disgusting thought. Oh boy. <laughs> is aren't human mouths in and of themselves meat? Like humans are are meat so if you're kissing another human you're you're tonguing meat (laughs) i didn't even mean for that to come out but (laughs) it's like what's what (laughs) we're gonna have to go back and edit all that out (laughs) humans are meat (laughs) we're we're not plant-based is what i'm trying to say so if you're having a kissing scene with a human you're why does it meat why does it matter if if they ate meat ate meat or not they're meat that's at middle casey on twitter <laughs> Anyways, that's my that's my celebrities being weirdos 
thought thought of the day. <laughs> do you have anything to add? No, I do not. As a matter of fact, I, humans are meat. Can you go <laughs> back Casey. when you do this um, editing? If you can go back and screen cap all your facial expressions from from the time I said, "Aren't humans meat?" Just every single one of those. <laughs> You really looked worried there for a minute. I, uh, yeah, well, I mean, you you uttered the phrase, you're tonguing meat. <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah. Uh, no further questions, Your Honor. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just let that stand. <laughs> well, it's a time of celebration. Um, okay. In the world, speaking of celebrities, uh, we at Fun Sexy Bible Time would like to extend our deepest and most heartfelt no we would sincere not. no we would not uh you know blessing mm. to dane cook who has finally found love casey <laughs> dane oh. cook 50 years old uh has popped the question to his soulmate who is 23 mm. and longtime girlfriend mm. longtime 23 year old girlfriend yeah long time love is what the headline said She's an old soul. <laughs> we wish the best for them. I don't. <laughs> you can wish whatever you want. It's just it just warms my heart that uh, a longtime bachelor has, uh, you know, with all his fame and riches, has uh, finally found love uh, mm-hmm. and just happens to be a young impressionable hot girl. <laughs> I'm shocked. What are the odds? I am shocked. <sighs> it's gross. Somebody had, it's somebody had a so good tweet. Gross. Somebody had a good tweet. They were like, "Yeah, I bet he doesn't have any 19-year-old guy friends that just happen to be old souls." Yeah. Oh. Can you imagine? I can't. So he's what 27 years older than her. Her mom is, they said her mom was like 43, 45. Like her dang. mom is younger than him. Yeah, by a lot. <clears throat> Did he have to sign a permission slip to uh, take her out on the first date? <laughs> I I just, it's, it's gross, right? It's not just, it's like predatory gross because of when they met. They met yeah. when she was 15. Which, how did they meet? Do you know that side of it? I do not. Yeah, that... Whenever there's, like, a huge age difference, there is, like, a small part of me that says, let's not take away the agency of a legal adult here. Right. You know, if they're in their early 20s, you yeah. know, you kind of free to do whatever saying. you let's want. Let's not infantilize women just because there's a huge age gap. Right. But the 15 is gross. Like, that's That's, disgusting. that's gross. I... I would hope, so my my oldest daughter is going to be 15 soon-ish, and I would just, and I have a 13-year-old, I just hope that they think that every man over the age of 20 is disgusting right now. Like, oh, you're disgusting. Like, ooh, you're my dad's age. That's gross. Like, that's what I want them to think. I want them to look at a man and be like, you're gross. <laughs> That's my heart's desire for them. <laughs> oh, it's just 
Ugh. 27 years older. So I'm 41. Right. So that would be like your future wife being 14 right now. It. I, I've talked about this before, but like when I'm around girls that are that age, like I'm just never totally at ease. Like I'm just always. <laughs> no, I, I mean, in a good way. Like I'm just always thinking, like, are, am I appropriate right now? Right, am I appropriate right, right now? Right. Am I doing anything at all that could be construed as inappropriate? And you like, want them just, to feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's good. just like always in my brain. Like I can never, I mean this in the best possible. I can never totally relax. Like when I'm interacting mm-hmm. with younger girls, I'm just always right. yeah vigilant or on That's edge. That's probably better for the better. I I think it's a good thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I, you shouldn't be totally at ease. Like as mm-hmm. as a grown man around mm-hmm. young girls. Mm-hmm. I'm just like it. I'm just thinking about like all the barriers that had to get knocked down mm-hmm. for you as a 42 year old. To be around mm-hmm. a fifteen-year-old and be like, yeah, I can, I can yeah, you know. I can see myself with her when she's a legal ad- adult. Yeah, Ugh. gross. Anyways, congrats <sighs> to them. So, what do we give it? Like three to five years, maybe. I'd need his bank account records to give a a good. Oh, okay. A, to, to give a good prediction like that. Um, and the prenup details. And how how bad are the dad issues for her? That's that's mean. That's mean. I just I I do feel like if I was one of her parents, I would be questioning everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 Bill Burr, the comedian, has a funny. And I'm going to butcher it, but basically, he's talking about the. The Tiger Woods thing, how Tiger mm-hmm. Woods had this beautiful wife at home and was still mm-hmm. banging every cocktail waitress he could find. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> his, I, you don't agree totally with his point, but he was like, you know, the guy that drives a forklift at Home Depot wants to be that. Like, mm-hmm. if if he had the ability, he would do that. Mm-hmm. But it's the forklift that... <laughs> it's the forklift that keeps those legions of women away. <laughs> It's not that he's necessarily more moral than Tiger Woods. It's just that he drives a forklift. Right. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I, I, I kind of get it. Like, I mean, those desires are in you as a man to to chase that. But, like... I don't think that every man would agree with you on that. I think a lot of them would, if okay. they were honest. That okay. Even if you don't act on them, like, the desires are in there to... But, like, it's just, it's cotton candy. Like, it'll never fulfill you. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, it's just, you'll never be satisfied. Yeah. Because you never, like, Leonardo DiCaprio with, you know, the second his girlfriend turns 24, he breaks up and finds somebody younger. That's, that's a thing. Is like, he 50 been, like, yet? He's like late forties. I don't know exactly how old, but they somebody went through and like looked at all his relationships, and it was like the month that his girlfriend turned twenty four, he broke up with her and found a new model. That's so weird. It is, and what's I, it wrong just with these makes, people? It just kind of makes me feel sorry for him. Like, 
like yeah i mean on the surface that's flashy to always have a young girlfriend but you never get to invest in somebody like you never mm-hmm. get to grow with somebody and yeah. know somebody on a deeper level and yeah like yeah she looks good on your arm like on the red carpet but is she gonna you yeah know, well there's that theory she... too that like celebrities stay the, the same age that they were when they got famous they don't really ever oh, make yeah. sure i could see that past that so it's like i don't know Anyways, this has been our segment for judging famous and rich people <laughs> unashamedly. <laughs> okay, but on to a much happier note. Oh, wait, we're going to do housekeeping first. I know, that's what I'm saying. Okay, that's sorry, my happier were, note. New patrons. I thought, you were, I thought you were jumping straight into Cry for Love. No, 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 no. Okay. You you have a new patron. We have a new patron, Rachel. Thank you for signing up to support us, and thank you t- to all of our patrons. Yes, uh, just for helping us cover the cost for everything, like hosting and microphones and mm-hmm. uh, Mc- McDonald's. Did you money get a new to... mic? No, no, no. Just not... <laughs> <laughs> why do I need one? <laughs> McDonald's but, uh... money. Yeah, like McDonald's money to hand to our spouses and say, like, here, can you just take the kids out for an hour yeah. so, we can, yeah. so we can record? <laughs> yeah. So we do appreciate the patrons so much. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, we will put something on Patreon here. We, we don't put a ton of stuff on there, but, like, a lot of times or sometimes we'll put, like, pre-show audio. When unfiltered. We're just, when we're Even just being more extra. unfiltered. <laughs> I know you don't think that is possible. <laughs> Especially after our last episode when I went, I was so mean. I think I was too mean last episode. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't listen back to it. I couldn't bring myself to listen back to it. (laughs) Well, she was just in a bad mood because she got her heart broken by Dane Cook. And (laughs) she realized that she was never going to be Mrs. Cook. So she was just in a bad place. understandable understandable so also in housekeeping shout out to listener amy yeah uh, amy sent us something really special she says she was inspired by all of our ccm talk which is to be honest is about 80 percent of our content at any given time <laughs> um 80 of this episode for sure yeah so she is very musically talented and she performed and recorded and edited together a piano and flute uh, duet with herself of Rich Mullins. And that is going to be our fade out music for this episode. So when you get to the end of the episode, that is listener Amy providing the music. And we appreciate you, Amy. And really anytime you uh, take that much trouble to create something like that, we're going to find a way to get on the episode. So, um, you know, Fred Durst, if you're listening, uh, go ahead and work on that <laughs> Praise and Worship album that we've been waiting for. Amy is an elementary school music teacher, and since I'm sending my kids to public school this year, I uh, to an elementary school, and I really hope that they can get a music teacher as lovely as Amy. I love, she posts a lot on Instagram and about, you know, teaching, and she's just great. Her kids are lucky to have her. 
when this happens, we will transform the podcast into a public school versus homeschool debate <laughs> show. Every episode will be a debate. <laughs> it's going to be great. This is what everyone wants. And really, nobody's nobody's really ever talked about that. Mm-hmm. So this will be the mm-hmm. first time you've heard public school versus homeschool arguments. You're going to lose the Stone Sisters so fast. They're going <laughs> to they're gonna come to my side. They can't help it. You got that homeschool training. Mm. we'll see about that so i believe that is all of our housekeeping right did we forget anything i think that's it okay so here we are casey here we are here we are i don't feel like this segment needs theme music it does but we gotta work on that (laughs) yeah should it just be the song we're gonna do or yeah 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 that's true that's true okay all right, let me give you a uh, let me give you like a cheesy Christian morning show setup here. Okay. Hey Casey, do you hear that? <laughs> do you hear that, Casey? <laughs> why, why? <laughs> if you listen real close, you can hear that. You know what that is, Casey? That's a cry for love. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing our CCM video breakdown. Yes. Oh. This is only the second time we've done this, and or I mean, the second official time we've talked about other videos. Yeah. So far, this is just a highlight of this whole podcast experience for me watching these videos. I my my best one, my favorite one of all time that we could do. I need the listeners to chime in. I've, I did Audio Adrenaline's AKA Public School, yeah, like two years ago, I mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm. Is it okay if we just do that one again? Sure. Because uh, I mean, I think the listeners—they probably all turned over. Matthew, Nobody's we still can listening. We do whatever we want. We're in charge here. <laughs> Sorry, we don't have any sponsors. <laughs> not gonna sit here while the content gets stale, Casey. <laughs> okay, so "Cry for Love" 1995. Michael W. Smith. Peak, peak. Michael W. Smith. Thirty-eight years old, Michael W. Smith. Mm-hmm. He looked. He looked good. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about the idea of peak Michael W. Smith. I think you <laughs> hit it on the head. This really is him, like at the peak of his absolute powers. Yes, it because is because he just came uh, off of like the the mainstream success of Place in This World, mm-hmm. um, sort of the early Michael W. Smith era. Uh, he's three years removed. This is going to blow people's minds. This is He is three years removed from being on People Magazine's Most Beautiful People list. I forgot that that was 1992, a Most Beautiful People. He was on the list. Wow. For a Christian singer. I would argue yeah. that his looks got him really far. That's fair. I'm, That's not, fair. I'm not the biggest fan of his singing voice. really yeah is it the the scratchiness yeah it's just kind of like i don't know it's i think he's a fantastic songwriter yeah i think he's a fantastic songwriter but what about his music video making skills (laughs) even better (laughs) even better my my second note after i said black and white of course because the video is in black and white is Michael W. Smith is a bad actor. <laughs> That's in oh. all caps. 
All caps. That's what I said. Well, he just really had one move here, and it was the come hither look. <laughs> oh, see, I didn't get that. You didn't I, get like I the, just the... Get, I just got like that he was just trying really hard to act out his feelings that were, you know, being portrayed in the lyrics. Well, this, this because this was the 90s and everything was like abstract or super literal. Right. Uh, he got some help, like when... Uh, mentioned like a soldier he there was a line of toy soldiers that he like knocked uh, over that's one Domino's. of my notes <laughs> <laughs> i thank you for that visual it wasn't clear enough but now I it said, is war weary soldier he flicks a line of plastic soldiers and in parentheses i wrote michael w smith doesn't care about the troops <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like flick him over he's <laughs> like this careless Get out of here. <laughs> so I don't even know where to begin on this. First of all, how hot was he in this outfit? Because you see some of the background people mm-hmm. and they're wearing short sleeves or shorts. Mm-hmm. And he's standing there. Um, in we'll all black. We'll, we'll bleep this out. He's standing there in his like all <laughs> black with a trench black trench coat. Right. I think he's trying to be like a New York type businessman you know because it's it's a city scene it's it's not new york it's probably all of it is downtown nashville yeah (laughs) and maybe so maybe he that's what he's trying to portray i don't know there's so much i have so many questions about this video if it was a little bit later I would say Neo from the Matrix, but that wasn't even out yet. Oh, was yeah. Neo based on Michael Douglas? <laughs> we figured it out. <laughs> Amazing. So I feel like at this point he had creative control to do pretty much whatever he wanted to do. Oh, absolutely. Like he had that much capital. Oh, 100%. And this is it. This is what he chose to do. Yeah. Um, I was trying to, like, figure out what the secular... We try to do this sometimes. Like, what the secular comp is mm. for this moment in time of whatever music we're listening to. Somebody told me Peter Gabriel. Like, that mm. was kind of what he was going for. Um, it, it's it's kind of unique. I mean, it doesn't really sound quite like anything else that was happening in 95. Well, in 95, I was, like, fifth grade. And so... I wasn't, like, the only secular music I was listening to would have been, like, whatever. It was not Peter Gabriel. Let's just go, let's just say that. <laughs> I wasn't I'll listening say, to Peter Gabriel. New Kids on t- the Block. Stuff like that. Their voices are totally different, kind of. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're very different. But, like, musically, it's almost like Sting, maybe? Mm. Like, a little bit of Sting? Mm. Yes, I can see that. Yeah. So, I took some some pictures of my screen of just some okay. of my favorite faces that he made. And I think my all-time favorite acting moment is when he says, I want to go home. And he just is very, he's just, he's he's in it. He's totally in it. He looks so anguished. I'm going to show you the picture. 
<laughs> he just, I, I, I couldn't believe it. He's really just going for it. It's the total opposite of um, Scott Dente's acting. <laughs> I can't believe that when, you, when you're thinking about a Dente that doesn't act well, you go to Scott. I mean, there's a competition there. <laughs> Worst acting Dente? Like, that's not a slam dunk. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, I actually, last night, watched another Out of the Grave video. Uh, just to like compare it, and and she was kind of out of it in that one too, like just <laughs> <laughs> very nonplussed about the whole music video experience. It's it's tough. It's tough being a CCM star. Yeah. Okay. So, can we move on to the second half of the song? We can. This does not have to be linear. We can go. We can just jump around. <laughs> okay. Okay. What's going on? With a fairy under the dome. I'm so glad you asked that. Um, <laughs> it makes no sense. Like, it doesn't what? fit anything that's happening in the video. There's no thread that pulls it together. I, the, so there's a female voice in, like, the bridge or whatever part of that song that is. So I understand that they wanted, it makes sense, you know, where's that voice coming from? We need to have her as part of the video but why is she miniature and under a glass dome and then he lifts the dome and she like dissolves into a cloud of white smoke okay we're going way too fast here because i broke it down even further than that okay okay so, let's hear <clears throat> you're right it makes no I know sense you did. it makes no sense okay. so if you hadn't watched the video yet first of all watch the whole video um, yeah, it's three and a half minutes. <laughs> I, so it cuts away from his rooftop shenanigans, and all right. of a sudden he's in like a library. And my favorite part of this is there's a beautiful, the beautiful fairy inside the glass case, and he's trying to figure out how to get her out. Like it cuts to there's like an old timey TV, and oh, uh -huh. it pops on, and it's Michael W. Smith singing on the TV. Because we needed more Michael W. Smith. Dressed in white, though, yeah. if you notice. and blinking. The only time he's... <laughs> I call it blinky Michael W. Smith. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the only time he's not in black is when he's on this old TV screen. And it's a very 90s white shirt with, like, the, the collar, like, mm -hmm. buttoned up real tight on his neck. Mm -hmm. um, so She's also in a very 90s white gown. Like, I'm pretty sure I had friends that, well, I, I guess I didn't go to school dances <laughs> in the 90s. But it reminded me of, like, school dance dresses from from high school. She is absolutely beautiful, the fairy. And I, Teenage Matthew <laughs> was in love with her, by the way. That was a shock to you. You just wanted to stick her in your pocket and carry her around with you. <laughs> well, you know, we're humans are just meat. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Okay, so he's trying to figure out how to get this fairy out of the glass case. And there's this, uh, there's, during an instrumental uh, bridge of the song, there's this montage of him trying to figure out how to spring her from the glass case. Uh, I, right. I broke this down. This is what he does. Okay, <laughs> ready? let's hear it. He thumbs through an, an ancient text. Like he looks <laughs> right. at an old book. He okay. dips a quill in ink. 
<laughs> then he places it to the paper and begins to draw something. Then he's got a screwdriver and he's screwing something in. Then he connects some jumper cables. I missed I missed half of this stuff. He connect, okay. it's, I was it's all, so focused on the fairy. It's all quick cuts. He connects okay. some jumper cables to the base of the uh, glass case. And then, oh yeah, it's actually open. I didn't have to do any of that stuff. I just have to lift <laughs> the glass off of it. <laughs> I don't know what she represents. Like what? Well, this is one of those things. It's like we need. I need answers. I've, I need to know what this means. Casey, we are on the same frequency here, and I'm also way out of you. <laughs> okay. Let's look okay. at the Freudian imagery here uh, okay. of dipping wow. a quill in ink, screwdriver. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not okay. saying anything untoward about Michael W. Smith. I'm just saying you had that. And then fast forward in this video to the choir, the rooftop choir, which we'll get into here in a minute. One woman <laughs> featured prominently in the choir, multiple shots of her, focused on her. You know who this woman was, Casey Haas? This is Michael W. Smith's wife. Oh. Was the woman they kept cutting to in the choir. Hold on. I took pictures of them, too. You had to be really quick mm -hmm. to free. Oh, maybe I didn't get her. Did she the one that was like She was front and center, like right in the middle. Okay. Center shot. Okay. I think she had on a dark shirt <laughs> and like a Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those those were quick. It was on them just for a split second. It was hard to get the pauses. I did get this girl who definitely looked like she did not want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I have the people. Okay. I have the people labeled in the choir, but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But uh, okay. you know, listen, what was what was going on? Did, did Mrs. Michael W. Smith? Uh, did she was she uncomfortable with this, and they had to put her in the choir just to kind of smooth yeah, things they over? Wanted, they wanted to give her a paycheck or something. I probably. tried to find who the woman in the in the. I tried to find who the fairy was, but I couldn't figure. I, just on a basic. She looks like Kelly Oxford to me. Do you know who that is? Uh, she's vaguely. like a she. She got kind of famous on Twitter, and then she became like a a writer for TV shows and stuff. That's who it looked like to me. Okay. I'm sure it's not her. I'm a hundred percent sure it's not her. A little but... bit of like Rebecca St. James vibes from her. Mm, mm. Yes. What was I getting ready to... Oh, I was going to look up the lyrics to figure out what was what's being say, said during that scene. The fairy scene. It's so bizarre. And there's no resolution. I wasn't ready. There's no resolution. Like, he opens it up. We don't know if the fairy escaped. Oh, father, hear my call. So, daddy, listen. I know you'll catch me. <laughs> I know you'll catch me when I fall. That's basically it. Oh, I pray that you'll hold me now and take my fear away. What does that have to do with that tiny little woman dressed in white? It's daddy hold me is what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the song is called Cry for Love. I'm not suggesting anything <laughs> untoward. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh -huh. We got questions. We're an investigative, investigative podcast. Yes, we are. I mean, this is definitely a... I think we talked about this when we covered this on WoW. This is definitely like a midlife crisis song. I don't see the, it as a midlife... The lyrics. 
I mean, maybe like I, I see it like as a, I've got all the juice right now that a Christian singer could have. Like I have all the capital that I could ever have. Mm. And this is just me. Like this is, it, it kind of like Stephen Curtis Chapman with his Lord of the Dance stuff. Like when he, mm. when he had about as much capital as he could ever have. And he just decided like, I'm just going to do whatever I want right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's something. Are we, are we ready to talk about the choir? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about the choir. So there's a rooftop choir as he's as he's doing his, which like, is definitely like not. It's it's like it's like special effects, right? It didn't look real. Not I, they're not actually on a rooftop. No, I don't think so. I think they just kind of superimpose them onto yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And he's definitely not on the edge of a giant skyscraper either. No, but like he's doing his little suicide walk up and down the ledge. Right, uh, right. He looks out and then there's a choir on a neighboring building singing to him. Uh-huh. Well, let's think about yes. that for a second. Uh, I'm on, I'm on, literally on top of the world right now, and there's uh-huh. a choir of people singing to me. Mm. <laughs> Whatever. So I, I label the people in the <laughs> choir. It's a very '90s choir. Yes. Uh, with, Very much with, so. With timestamps, so in case anybody wants to crawl along with me, I'm just going to call them out here. This is beautiful. Uh, with timestamps. At 4.07, okay. we have young Casey Haas <laughs> in the choir, Crap. so that's pretty cool. Hold on. i got to find it now. I'm going to turn my sound on on my phone and go to YouTube. <laughs> Keep talking. Okay. Young Casey Haas at 4.07. Okay, that's actually my zip code, or my area code. Not zip code. Well, now you're going to get some... Now you're going to get some fan mail. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Fan mail. Uh, okay, so at 414, we have uh, Mrs. Michael W. Smith and Mo Howard. Nobody knows who Mo Howard is. Was that 414? Yeah, 414. Okay. Uh, at 415, we have uh, Kendra Pierce. Okay, I think I um I know who that is. I took a picture of her. Hold on. I'm going to show you. You tell me if I'm right. <laughs> is it the one that's looking like so lovingly like this? Yep, that's my <laughs> wife. <laughs> this is, this is like, I cannot believe I'm looking at Michael W's yeah, Settle right down, now. Kendra. Settle down, Kendra. Come on now. <laughs> that's so good. Kendra Pierce. Okay, who else? At 418, we have young Casey Haas again. Uh, next to Jason Bateman. <laughs> I can't find it. Which one's me? Uh, the the younger girl. The lady with the bla- the bangs. Is the younger girl? She looks like she's about thirteen. <laughs> I like how they're all like with their hands. They made they they didn't just make these people sing. They made them do a whole choreographed hand motions. Yeah, uh, so at 427, we have Mrs. Michael W. Smith again. <laughs> at 428, we have Barbara Bush next to every girl I ever loved. <laughs> you see her? Hold on. You're going so fast. These, these, these clips go so fast. It's hard to... um. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Barbara Bush. 
Yes. And every girl I ever known, loved. Known super fan of Michael W. Smith. Probably, probably is. I think. I think they actually were. Honestly, they were friends. The the Bushes. I'm and, sure they were. And finally, at 4:31, we have young Matthew. Uh, next. Yes. <laughs> next to uh, in the back row, Kenny Powers making an appearance. <laughs> Is, is this you? Is this you? <laughs> yeah, and I know what you're thinking. Why is he not as tall as everybody else? I was actually eight years old in that picture. <laughs> I was only 5'10", so I was only eight years only old. Only 5'10 when you were eight. Yeah. Okay. So, Kenny Powers in the back row holding it down. I was, ex- I was excited <laughs> to see him. Oh, it sounds like someone just started bowing right outside my house. So. Awesome. That's fun. So I, I just feel like a larger Michael W. Smith point. Um, I think he's probably the best case scenario for a Christian superstar that we've had. Um, In what way? Well, it's you hear this argument with LeBron James sometimes of like LeBron's the best case scenario because you've got somebody mm. like LeBron. He's 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 kind of cringe. He's kind of corny. Like he's narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if he wins, it's his. You know, it's because of him. If he loses, it's everybody else's fault. Right, but, right. But that's about as bad as it gets for LeBron. Like, this is somebody who, mm-hmm. you know, from the age of, like, 13 was anointed the, the savior of professional basketball. And from that age, he was given everything, <laughs> every every yeah. praise, every recognition ever. And somehow grew up pretty good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's yeah. he's basically a good dude. He's a good father. There's no yeah, scandal. Yeah, he's to like his high school sweetheart too right yeah it's like there's no like huge scandal with lebron james and like yeah, when you've yeah. given somebody everything they could have ever wanted to have that right. be the outcome that's kind of how i feel about michael w smith that like he has mm. been a huge obviously not as big as lebron james but he's been a, a, <laughs> obviously a, a, <laughs> well to some to some people not to me <laughs> but you know he's been He's been hugely successful, famous within the world of evangelical Christianity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, he's pretty much clean. Like, the worst you people mm-hmm. say about him is, you know, he did, like, a like an appearance, like, played a song for Trump one time or something. And, like... Yeah, yeah. And it's like, is that the worst you've done, like, in 30 years? Like, there's no... <laughs> you know, except from the fairy in the glass case. <laughs> You know, I mean, what, what what's yeah. the Michael W. Smith scandal? Like, the guy's been in the spotlight forever mm. and has mm. pretty much kept his nose clean, you know? Mm. I think that's... We've, we've certainly had enough scandals of people who are not as famous as Michael W. Smith. Right. Like, and That's true. He, he's pretty much been all right. CC, Michael English. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> EG, I should say, not CC. I get my little little letters confused sometimes. It's okay. It's okay. <clears throat> Sorry about the lawn mowing going on. No, it's all right. <laughs> this is real life, people. <laughs> I don't have a soundproof closet to podcast in. No, we'll just hand this, but we'll hand the audio off to the producers, and they'll just fix all the audio. Of course, <laughs> absolutely. I'm not worried about that at all. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Our Methodist interns will clear this right up. Yeah. So it sounded like you didn't agree when I said Michael W. Smith was best case scenario for like a Christian music star. It's fine. I don't I don't really have a lot of feelings about him okay. either way. Yeah. You just don't forgive him for the scratchy voice. 
it's just yeah it's fine i don't know like i was listening to it today and i'm like is this kind of like john mayer's voice too which i love and i was trying to figure out what i didn't really like about it you know Mm -hmm. i also i mean i haven't listened to any of his new stuff i know you're shocked i mean it does have a sort of nasal component to it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um yeah i can definitely respect a man who's made it this long with a career and fame and money and hasn't you know screwed over his family or children and i i can respect that for sure all done without the use of a forklift (laughs) amazing (laughs) incredible incredible bravo The only other thing I had on here was uh, it sounded like Stephen Curtis Chapman wandered over with his Lord of the Dance steel guitar <laughs> and laid down. Laid down I was a, curious. Uh, <laughs> does he still have his hair, Michael Levy Smith? What's his hair situation like these days? I, I've ch- see. Here's the thing: when I'm not trying to figure out which 82 year old politician has breast implants, what is that about? I'm trying to figure you? out like uh, which guys have had. Uh, little help with the the appearance so yeah for sure for sure uh, i almost tweeted a very grumpy thing the other day he still has a lot of hair it can't be it can't be real i'm a little i'm a little uh i'm a little dubious no it can't it can't be i'm sorry i'm a little dubious that's fine whatever good for him it's okay it's fine anyways i almost tweeted something like please stop talking about how amazing xyz celebrity looks at their age it's just it's not an interesting conversation it's it's the 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 playing field is not level yeah that's fine Mm -hmm. (laughs) well sounds like we need to we sounds like we need to bring in some extra cattiness right now that's what it sounds like what cattiness oh cattiness (laughs) yeah i'm not i'm not gonna go there i'm I'm we're gonna end this on a high note oh it's gonna be a high note all right so (laughs) do you have more to say about this video no i think i've actually covered it do you well i just want to know what is it what what does it mean oh well just a simple what does this mean (laughs) Yeah, like, why is he on top of the building? You know, I sent you the picture of Christ the Redeemer statue. Yeah. And I said, I feel like this is his inspiration. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I disagree. Yeah, good catch. I didn't know. And the whole video, and I'd say in like 80% of the video, he's got his arms spread straight out wide. I think this is his, uh, I think this is his, like, I'm, he's in his George Clooney phase right now. Like, this is George Clooney (laughs) is at the top of the game right in ER right now. And this is him saying, all right, what about this? If you like George Clooney, you will love this. True story. The Release Magazine, the Christian mag- music magazine from back in the day, actually had, had something in the article about how much Michael W. Smith looked like George Clooney. Amazing. Oh, I believe it. Amazing. I believe it. The implication really being, a little bit. The implication being, hey, isn't this great? We've got our own Clooney. yeah yeah christians always want to have like their famous person 
all the more better if the person got their start in Hollywood and is a Christian. That's like top tier, <laughs> our favorite thing. Shout out to Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> Jim Caviezel, the OG. Oh, man. <laughs> Jim Caviezel, Patrick, Patricia Heaton. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We ready? Yeah. Okay. Final segment tonight. This is just a. Uh... Oh, I forgot we had something else. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I'm good. See you next week. Have a great do we day. Need, do we need to just stop it here? Like we were. No, we're no, at, I'm uh... good. Go. No, I'm fine. I just totally forgot because you know that's where I'm at right now in my life. Okay. Okay. So just this a, is great. I can't wait. Just a random thing that we just kind of stumbled into. Um, <laughs> Caddy Roger Ebert quotes. This is yes. Roger Ebert reacting to movies that he did not enjoy. And I don't know much more of a setup that you need than that. Okay. So let's just get into this. Um, okay. I love Roger Ebert so much. I just You're going to tell me the movie that it's that it's based on, right? I hope. Maybe. Some of these I Maybe I if you have, wrote it down. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> this one blew me away. Intersection stars Richard Gere, Richard Gere as an architect who is torn between two women. His wife, who is cold but uninteresting, and his lover, who is warm but uninteresting. Gear is not interesting either. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh this is I can't remember this I can't remember if this was Battlefield Earth or, or what. Um this is just him just destroying a movie right here. To return to the underlying causes for the movie's failure. What we have here is a suitable case for deep cinematic analysis. I'd love to hear a symposium of veteran producers, marketing guys, and exhibitors discuss this film. It's not bad in any usual way. It's bad in a new way, all its own. There is something extraterrestrial about it, as if it's based on the sense of humor of an alien race with a completely different relationship to the physical universe. The movie is so odd, it's almost worth seeing just because we'll never see anything like it again. I hope. <laughs> I feel like saying something's bad in its own new way is a, just a really good insult. Like, you've created a new special way to be bad at something. I'm going to use that at some point. This is, <laughs> this is from the film 13 Ghosts which was okay. like an early 2000s Halloween movie that came out. And okay. then it's like gone two weeks later and nobody ever remembers it. Yeah, yeah, of course. The experience of watching the film is literally painful. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts the eyes and ears. Aware that their story was thin, that their characters were constantly retracing the same ground and repeating the same words, that the choppy editing is visually incoherent, maybe the filmmakers thought if they turned up the volume, the audience might be deceived into thinking something was happening. <laughs> this one is legendary. I think this is from the movie North. Okay. Oh, gosh. I am... Um... A little bit of a mind boner right now just reading this <laughs> this movie doesn't scrape the bottom of the barrel this movie isn't the bottom of the barrel this movie isn't below the bottom of the barrel this movie doesn't deserve to be mentioned in the same sentence with barrels <laughs> <laughs> that's 
So he can go over the top, but he can also be very subtle in the way he skewers movies like this one. A Night at the Roxbury. Will Ferrell, okay. Chris Catan. Yeah, yeah. A Night at the Roxbury probably never had a shot at being funny anyway. But I don't think it planned to be pathetic. It's the first comedy I've attended where you feel that to laugh would be cruel to the characters. <laughs> I I, uh, I really feel like I need to up my insult game. This is inspiring. This is amazing. So he he kind of legendary for not enjoying like crude comedies. Big fan of like uh-huh. the Mel Brooks comedies, but then like the '90s and early 2000s gross out comedies. Not a fan. Okay. This is uh, a Polly Shore movie, which I, I kind of like. Polly Shore. Yeah. In hindsight, yeah. Uh, in this business, one becomes a connoisseur. I can now see that Jim Carrey is a virtuoso. Chris Farley is at least hardworking. Adam Sandler is hopeless, and Polly Shore bypasses all categories to achieve a kind of transcendent fingernails on the blackboard effect. His appeal must be limited to people whose self-esteem and social skills are so damaged that they find humor or at least relief in at last encountering a movie character less successful than themselves. This is top level roasting. This is amazing. It's just. (laughs) (laughs) It's absolutely amazing. I I just could read these all day long. I'm not going to read very many more, but. Okay, this one isn't really even mean. This is just him like explaining humor, which is just kind of amazing. Okay. We'll end with this one. Okay. He's talking about the difference between sophomorism and wit. Okay. He says sophomorism uses a sledgehammer. Wit uses a scalpel. Sophomorism cries out for your attention. Wit assumes it has it. Sophomorism shocks by presenting sexuality. Wit shocks by using it. A sophomoric film will think it is funny when Harry buttocks block the camera's view. A witty film will ask, Who's buttocks? Why now? What's next? He's just, and that's in the middle of a movie review. Like he just, he stopped the movie review to explain like why your entire view of humor is wrong. I think we know uh, which category our podcast falls into. Well. <laughs>
humans are are meat. So if you're kissing another human, you're you're tonguing meat. <laughs> I didn't even mean for that to come out, but 